feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. We are going to take a complete look this week at the entire digital marketing stack. Mr. Brendan King, CEO of Vendasta Technologies, joining me on the Conquer Local podcast. We're 45 episodes into the Conquer Local podcast. Recently ranked in the top five business podcasts on iTunes. And we'd like to ask Mr. King about this digital marketing stack. I don't know if he uh, invented the phrase, but he definitely has made it popular in the last couple of years. And we're going to dig into it, each and every piece of it, and give you some new ways to articulate the value of the local digital marketing stack. It's all coming up next here on the Conquer Local Podcast. It is the Conquer Local Podcast, and I learned a long time ago that if you're going to ask for budget to do something, you damn well better get the person involved in giving you the budget as a part of the project. So my guest this week with that in mind is my boss, the CEO of Vendasta Technologies, Mr. Brandon King. Welcome to the Conquer Local Podcast. It only took us a year to get you on. <laughs> Thanks for having me, George. Seeing that you've been paying for it, I thought it'd be a good idea to have you on the uh, podcast. But more importantly, what I wanted to do, Brandon, was um, talk about the local marketing stack. So we have had a series of guests from Sandy Lord to Christian Ward to Dennis Yu, Will Scott, all talking about the various pieces of the local marketing stack. And I remember the first time that you put on a screen, the graphic around the local marketing stack, uh, it really helped to explain those pieces that a business needs to be involved in. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about what was the culmination of you creating this story around the local marketing stack? Local marketing is, is a hard thing to understand. The changes that have embraced the that have happened to the industry over the past while, you know, in the short term were sort of overestimated, but in the in the long run they're underestimated. Actually, people didn't really realize how dramatic those changes were. You know, Google everywhere, mobile phones, access to information anytime you need it has really changed the way that consumers shop and buy. We needed to build out some kind of paradigm to explain that to folks. And so in the past, you, you wanted to buy something, all you could do is phone the company or, or go visit them. And it just isn't that way anymore. So we wanted to redefine that sort of marketing stack that needs to happen. So we talked about, you know, do they know about you? Advertising. Can they find you? Listings and SEO. And after they find you, uh, will they trust you? And that's really, you know, what your website looks like, your reputation. And then can you convert them, whether it's in store or whether it's online? And then lastly, can you keep them CRM loyalty and sorry, and then maybe lastly would be the, the social stack. Uh, will they advocate for you and tell others about you? So really, we wanted to redefine it in a really simple way. But there's 6000 products out there and we wanted to have a really simple way to explain what the marketing stack looks like. And it's important because small businesses, you know, they need help. Starbucks, for instance, my uh, wife and uh, child, though, love Starbucks. So I end up going there uh, once in a while, you know, to uh, to get her a steamer. And as I stand in line at Starbucks, we got a lot of millennials that are running by me because they've ordered online. 
you know, Starbucks is able to provide that kind of an experience to their customers. And we need the local businesses to be able to provide the same kind of experience. So we need to provide them with that marketing stack. And we needed a way to explain it. And that's really uh, how we came up with that sort of simplified stack. So when you talk about, I like the Starbucks example, because when I think of Starbucks, it's a pretty good experience, although I'm not necessarily that sold on the coffee, but I am sold on the experience. And they also have the, I think what you're referring to is they have the ability and the wherewithal to have the latest and greatest marketing technology at their avail. So what you're saying is you see an opportunity to help everybody that's competing against these large organizations that have the access to that technology. Yeah, I don't want Starbucks to be the only place that, you know, that I can get a cup of coffee. I really want to help local businesses. And it's not just in a coffee shop. If you look across the spectrum, you've got Amazon is replacing a lot of local retailers. And that's, you know, we're not going to be able to stop Amazon from selling goods. But what we can do is democratize technology and help those local businesses compete. And I think local businesses have a ton of advantages. You know, they can give a different kind of experience than a Starbucks or, or any online retailer could ever give. And so they can win. You sound very passionate about helping the local business. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, local business is, uh, is important. There's a whole set of local businesses that are going to be around forever. All the service type businesses, you know, they're going to be there. And places where you get fresh goods and things you just have to show up to get, you can see the strain happening across the board to goods and commoditized goods. Um, the big boxes are giving way to the online retailers. There's a lot of changes happening. There's 19 different countries where salespeople are subscribed to the podcast, and it's actually an interesting list when you look at it. In some of those countries, the SME, the small and medium enterprise, is the driving force. So you know where exactly where I'm going with this. You uh, yeah. were there in the latter part of last year. Tell us about your experiences in um, Southeast Asia and what you saw those business people struggling with and the challenges they have. The challenges are really all the same as they're run into this technology. It's interesting, in the rest of the world, small business is a bigger deal than it is in, in North America. There are people hanging their shingle everywhere, and there's a lot, you know, it's just such a, a chaotic environment everywhere in the rest of the world. Addresses aren't the same, it's hard to find things, but they need the same types of technology. I mean, they need websites, they need to be able to advertise, they need to be able to attract customers, they need to be able to keep customers. They need salespeople too. And I always like to go back for salespeople. They're always going to be needed because small businesses are, it's really overwhelming when you look at that spectrum out there of what it is they need. When you're a small business, if you need help with legal, you turn to a lawyer. If you want accounting software, you likely turn to an accountant. But if you need help in advertising and marketing, you turn to a media company or an agency that's done that in the past. And so the salespeople at these companies they're under pressure too because they used to have a smaller set of products to sell and it's just balloons. So salespeople, they're the hope for these local businesses to survive. So we need salespeople to go in as, as real experts with solutions and look at the environment and understand it. In Southeast Asia, it's way different than it is in you know New York and it's way different than it is in uh, you know Fairfield, Iowa or you know wherever it is you want to go. So there's there are many many differences. Uh, and the salespeople have to be able to be that point of contact. Let's talk about your past and what brought you to uh, be the CEO and found Vendasa Technologies 10 years ago. I think it's I think it's really interesting for you to talk a little bit about your retail experience because I think that really crafted problems you're trying to solve today. 
It's, it's funny. I've always been a bit of an entrepreneur. Well, you know, even when I was in university, I was uh, I was selling these long sort of board shorts and to all student associations and made. I had a pretty good second year university, made quite a lot of money. When I graduated, my degree's in physics, so it's really got nothing to do with commerce or retail. But when I graduated, I opened a clothing store and promptly lost all the money I made in university there. Learned a lot of lessons about retail. I did work for a while in the uh, geophysical side of the business as a, in a, a uranium company in uh, northern Saskatchewan. The call of entrepreneurship came to me and I, I opened a business called Delron, which was a computer retailer. So from 1989 to 1999, I uh, had a store. We had two stores, so I could call it a chain of, uh, of computer stores. And in that time frame, you know, the Internet was just starting to change the behavior of how things happen. So we still had yellow pages in the newspaper and the bus boards and the radio and the TV were the main ways that we drove customers into our stores and sold computers personally, face-to-face. By 1999, we I could see the change coming and, and I wanted to get out of retail because retail is really hard. And I, and I went into software and uh, was at a company called Point2 and we made platform before Software as a service really was a platform to provide websites for real estate agents um, and allow them to send their listings to the MLSs and to Trulia and Zillow. And uh, from 1999 till 2007, you know, we had about 150,000 realtors on that platform. It, you know, really wasn't much different. We, you know, we were servicing it was a particular vertical real estate agents to help them market online. And so that's saw the changes. That's when we went and built out those foundational products and started Vendasta. So 10 years is a long time in, especially in software as a service. Where do you see this local marketing stack going in the coming years? Because we, you know, we sit here today, we've got, uh, awareness. We've got, can I find you? Can I trust you? Uh, do I like you? The conversion point. And when we look mm-hmm. at that customer journey, we've got, can I turn you into an advocate? I mean, can I get you as, as a fan that'll talk about my brand? Where, where yeah. do you see this going as we move forward in, in the coming years? Because the, the rate of change and the rate of innovation are, you know, tenfold to a hundredfold year over year. Yeah. So we'd like to think that, you know, when we think about a small business, we look across everything they need. Marketing and advertising, call it the MarTech stack, is one small part of what they need. Of course, they need that. But they also, as a business, they need, you know, productivity. They need to have, you know, they need to have email. They need to have a HR system. They need to have things to to make their people more productive. They also need an operations stack. You know, they need accounting software. They need legal. So they need connect, they need protection stacks. They need connectivity. There's a whole bunch of different stacks they need. When we kind of wrap it up into you know, sort of five stacks. So we say the MarTech stack, the productivity stack. Can you, you know, are you productive? Operation stack. Can you operate? Connectivity stack. Do you have telephone and internet? And protection stack, you know, legal security uh, alarms. As we see small businesses looking for help in those areas, we're looking to bring that into our platform. And we're, we're looking to build the trust for whoever our reseller is across all of those stacks. So today, if you're a media company or a web company and you sell someone a website, they're going to say, geez, you know, I'd really like a branded domain. And so, you know, now we have G Suite so they can move into the productivity stack. We've just added, you know, GoDaddy so they can buy them a domain, constant contact so they can, you know, give them an email marketing system. And then, you know, the next thing might be an accounting package or maybe HR, or will they be able to sell, 
internet connectivity, you know, business telephone service uh, through to things like LegalZoom and Rocket Lawyer. So we're looking to allow our partners to really service the small business from one one place with one login, one UX, UI, and one way to scale their trust. So as the CEO of Vendasta Technologies, you've made some big bets over the last 10 years. What's your next big bet? Can you let it out of the out of the bag or do you want to keep it under wraps? <laughs> or what's what's the next big bet for Vendasta you know, as we look forward? We keep changing the, the landscape. Um, so in 2011 to 2013, we provided point solutions, reputation, listings, and social. Um, in 14 and 15, we realized that marketing and, and sales automation was really the biggest problems that our partners had. So we built out our marketing and sales automation. As we did that in 2016, 17, 18, we realized, wait a second, this sales and marketing automation could sell any product. So we started to build out our marketplace and we did it in the MarTech stack first. And now in 2019 to 21, we realized we have to be a complete digital business automation platform for our partners. So they need to be able to market, sell, fulfill, bill, and deliver proof performance to every product to their local business. And we're, we're allowing them to be a recurring revenue machine. So we like to call it a recurring revenue engine. And so that's, for us, is really this whole idea of a digital business automation platform is our next step. Well, we really appreciate you joining us to kind of put the wraps on our digital marketing stack series. We've had a number of great guests talking about specific areas and nobody uh, puts it all together, a complete package like you, Mr. King. So we appreciate your time today and joining us here on the Conquer Local podcast. Thank you, Mr. Leaf. There are very few phrases that I've heard in the last seven years that resonate with a potential customer as well as the local digital marketing stack. It is a great way to tell your client about the things that they need to be considering that maps directly to their customer journey. And that's probably why it's so powerful. There is a customer journey that consumers are going through that has been adapted by our availability to have technology at our fingertips. And that's really what's changed for those local businesses is marketing is super hard. And the local marketing stack explains the various tactics that help solve the problems and reduce the friction inside the consumer journey. I don't want that to get lost as we talk about listings and reputation and various tools and the 7,000 pieces of bloody technology you could use to work around the local marketing stack, we have to put it into buckets that very clearly articulate to the client the value and how that maps to their customer journey. Really important pieces, and thanks to Mr. Brendan King for helping to explain it today. Conquer Local 2019 is coming soon. It's just around the corner, actually, June 10 through 13th. I know we're in the middle of winter right now, but I'm thinking about the beach, and I love San Diego. It's one of my favorite cities in the world, and I can't believe that we're actually going there. So Conquer Local will be on the beaches of San Diego, California, June 10th through 13th, and you can get your tickets today at conquerlocal.com. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, sound lounge by T-Bone. Scheduling by Valerie T. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath.